the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money invested in more. You can always find out more about me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. One of the things I like to do from time to time is look at what's coming up. I saw some recent numbers on Apple for 2020, and one of the one of the analysts, China doesn't tell any lies. So there's a lot of factors there: the manufacturers, cell phones iPads, AirPods, what have you. A lot of tech gadgets get made in China. And because of that, a lot of American journalists get leaked information about what the next iPhones look like, the next iPads look like, the next iPods look like, or whatever tech story there is, right? So I was just seeing um, some of the leaks on the new iPhone 12 for 2020. And there's a couple of features. Um, out goes the bar with lenses in it, the the notch, as they refer to it, on back with the uh, camera lenses, and the slide on front where there's that um, little black groove that kind of interrupts the screen that you kind of get used to, but you don't really get used to. You kind of notice it. And analysts are saying people are going to be crazy over the next design. It'll evolve from where it is today. Um, no, it'll be a revolution from where it is today. And then it'll be like two or three generations of evolving. So looking forward is a good way of making money, throw in 5g and you'd see that there'll be strong demand for that product. Now, Dan Ives is a tech analyst who I respect a lot. I read his stuff. Uh, I pay for it. It's all good. Um, I don't steal his ideas when I have to. I have to say, here's where, here's where I got this. I used to know one guy who did a show, and he talked a lot about technical trading, and he was plagiarizing a technical trader. Um, his email that went out every day, like at 1 o'clock or something like that, I was just lifting it. It is what it is. So Wedbrush Tech Atlas, Dan Ives, published his 10 tech predictions for 2020. I love 2020. It's like the optimist. No, no, the optometrist, optometrist daydream year, right? So 2020, there's to be clear momentum in tech space for 5G, cloud, autonomous, as far as driving goes. And the streaming content wars will be front and center for the whole year. 2020 will be a big year for 5G supercycle, with Apple the clear winner. Regulatory action against FANG companies, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Alphabet results in heavy fines, but no business model changes. That's the thing that's killing me about what Congress is doing is that they they seem to be, not just Congress, world leaders seem to be dragging these companies in, getting them to humiliate them with sound bites. And you'd think that the humiliation would lead to bigger, but it turns out to be like a quarter's profit. Tesla. 
So according to Dan Ives, find success in China with its Giga 3 factory, hitting 100,000 deliveries more quickly than it did in the U.S. and Europe. It's prediction time. It's that time of year. Microsoft wins the next stage of the cloud war over Amazon. I could see that happening for sure. Microsoft and Amazon and Google on some levels have been going at it. Uh, but Amazon's starting to lose a little bit of their luster only because that first entry status wears off. The first mover they got in, people copied them. Streaming wars will result in clear winners and losers with Disney the juggernaut that disrupts 10% of the Netflix installed base. That's a pretty big prediction. If you think that's the case, then you have to go out and say, maybe I should short Netflix or maybe I should not even go near it. Or maybe I think that guy's an idiot and he's wrong. Consolidation is coming in cybersecurity with both financial and strategic buyers aggressively looking at acquiring public and private vendors. So far, what's happened in the security field, there's been a couple of companies like Palo Alto Networks who hit with a big, woo, only to see that enthusiasm fade as the hackers respond to the people who are trying to protect their information. And the people who are trying to protect their information respond to the hackers, and then everyone takes it up another level. So there's too many companies in this spe- sector, and yet we still get hacked. Uber Technologies. I'm going over Dan Ives' top 10 tech predictions for 2020. Uber Technologies will need to curtail or shut down after Uber Eats, given the business's lack of profitability and competitive headwinds. Um, Uber Eats, will they be the victim to DoorDash, Postnotes, um, and any of the other delivery companies that are out there? Um, Grubhub, uh, Grubhub. Um, but you get the idea of there's going to be some shakeout. Right now, we have it so darn good. I can go home today, sit on my couch, fall asleep drinking, wake up at 8 o'clock, too late to f- cook for the family. And uh, just order DoorDash. Ta-da! And it arrives like magic. Um, that has to shake out. There's too many players doing it. There's too much kind of craziness going on. And when I talk about craziness, um, McDonald's signs a deal with one company. And then McDonald's says, we'll do it with all the companies. And then McDonald's, I think in the year, as more and more people see the convenience of door delivery, I think more and more people are going to put pressure on these companies to, you know, continue to deliver their food to us. I think dining in is not dying, but it's struggling comparing to dining at your own home. I saw that Walmart has a 65-inch TV on sale for under $350. 65-inch TV, 4K, ultra-high definition. I I don't want to leave my home either. I just want to sit down on the couch, eat my corn chips, and order my DoorDash. So Uber has gotten their fingers into a lot of businesses. And I think it would be wise, according to Dan Ives, to maybe consider selling what they've accomplished in Uber Eats and focused on other businesses um, that they have going as far as infrastructure delivery goes and um, taxi replacements. So I'm going over Dan Ives' top 10 predictions for 2020. Google, Apple, and Amazon expand further into healthcare and banking? Absolutely. Um, I have the Apple card. It's cute. But if I put my Apple purchases on it, I get more points back than if I use a different credit card. 
Um, and Apple's been running. Like I, I see why Apple's doing it. If they could be my bank and my doctor and my entertainment center and my business center, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll pay a lot more for earbuds that you know do my heartbeat and do my blood pressure and do my oxygen levels in my skin than I would pay for earphones, uh, earpods that just play music. California's AB5 legislation will become a gut punch to the economy, disrupting the business models of Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Postmates, and other players. So there's a big legal thing going on right now on if you work for DoorDash, are you an employee or are you an independent contractor? Independent contractors have to pay their own taxes. Independent contractors have to pay Social Security. Independent contractors have to pay for their own health care. It's a very smart way for companies to try to build their business in that they don't have those extra costs. But in the end, California says, no, they look more like it. We'll see. That's to be a big 2020 story. And finally, the last tech prediction for 2020 by Dan Ives from Wedbrush says, Google will make a major strategic acquisition to help it chase Amazon and Microsoft in the public cloud. So they see Google as the guys who are the big spenders. Sometimes when you acquire companies, you tend not to make – your stock tends to get hit because you tend to overbuy or the perception is. You can find me at robblackshow.com and newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. A little cold play. Matt Kearney, same thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Sounds like Coldplay. And they got that new album out. One of the things that was interesting about Coldplay when they released their new album is that we're not going to tour. And we've seen ticket prices for everything we buy go through the roof as far as entertainment goes, right? Whether it be movie theaters, whether it be concerts. Concerts have gone up particularly high, in large part, I think, because of Napster. I think because of digital disruption. The music industry found, like, hmm... We can't really completely control the sales of albums, so let's completely control the ticket prices of concerts. Taylor Swift, obviously a big winner because of that. Don't know. eh, I'll shut up there. Just saying that there's crazy inflation in um, ticket prices. And I saw the ticket prices for the San Francisco 49ers. Talking about a crazy difference in two or three years. They're heading to the playoffs. And now people are starting to talk Super Bowl. And when people start to talk Super Bowl, people start jacking prices. You could have gone to a game earlier this year for under $20. Picking up a ticket late last second in the first couple of weeks of the season. Now you're looking at 290 up to $400 just to get into the stadium and like have your nose bleed everywhere. Um, with that being said, I don't do a whole show completely dedicated to money, 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 and getting ahead. Sometimes I'll say things like, um, maybe we should start thinking about investing or insurance or how much we're spending on our cars. Having kids is probably the, the first time in your life where you need to start to confront your mortality because before you do that, you're like not stressed. Life insurance is super important if you have a kid. I've seen too many people die way too young, way too early. Sometimes it's pancreatic cancer. A friend of my family's um, wife got pancreatic cancer. Not stage four. She's still early. 
and they did the operation over the holidays, I hope they have life insurance because if it does go bad, it'd be nice that the husband could take off time with his three or four daughters and love them and comfort them during the, a bad time. That's what life insurance is there for. It's not there for great times. It's there for bad times. You insure what you can't afford to lose. A wife, a mother, yourself, a father. So when you go through that pregnancy, and it's interesting because I have a friend who was a foster parent because him and his wife tried for 10 years to have a kid. Couldn't do it. I was like, do you want to hire a, a horse, a stud? No. He spent, uh, I want to say at least $35,000 getting his baby-making fluid to perfect levels and then injecting it into the wife, artificial insemination, um, it's still no kid. So they put, signed up as foster parents. Uh, in California, if you sign up as a foster parent, if a kid gets abandoned, they say, we don't want it, and it's all yours. And you're willing to give up the adoption rights, then people who foster the the children can sometimes get first rights to adopt that child. And that's what he did. But kids are expensive. And what that means is that your salary is super important. You can't afford to lose it. You can buy really, really cheap levels of term life insurance. And for the record, I only like term life insurance. I don't like whole life and I don't like variable life. I don't need a middleman making a big commission off me. I need as much bang for my buck because death is death. My age is my age. My blood sample is my blood sample. Getting life insurance is pretty much so mathematical. You're probably going to lose. Unless something freakish happens to you, which it does. So don't look at it as an investment. Don't look at it as it's waste. Look at it as if something freakish happens. And the cheapest one you can buy is term life insurance. Um, I highly recommend a $100,000 policy for a child born today. Make it a 20-year term policy. They're going to ask your age. They're going to ask your gender. They're going to ask your zip code. They're going to ask how long. And then are you super healthy, healthy, or healthy-ish? And they're going to give you quotes. Like I could punch mine in right now and just get a basic idea of what. And again, 100000 isn't enough. You tend to do 10 times your salary. Um, I could get a 15-year policy for $500,000 for $56 a month. Um, 500000 that goes at least two to three years of the, of the spouse who lives being able to pay bills, maybe even pay off some bills, being able to focus on the children, if there are children. And again, sometimes you get... 500000 is a good start. If it's 10 times your salary and you're making 50000 500000 If you're making 100000 obviously change the numbers. 10 times your salary is a good place to start, but every kid that you have, you should add another policy on. I want to get to the point where you're worth more dead than alive. You don't want your children, like, how shall we say, sharpening the, the steak knives. But it's bleak. It's really, really bleak in the world. And that's why I want you to get insurance for things you can't afford to lose. It's like picking up dog poop. It's no fun. It's an unpleasant experience. You have to just do it. Um, I've got diabetes that runs in my family. That's a strike. My dad died before age 60. That's a strike. One more strike and I can't get life insurance. So before you go get life insurance, my big advice to you, 
is diet for two months to six months, cut out the alcohol, cut out the sugar, get healthy, go for a run every day. And then your life insurance test will likely be better, lower rates than, than paying a premium rate. Don't go in and try to get life insurance if you're 200 pounds overweight. That ain't going to work for you. They, they assume you're going to die. They're going to charge you like you're going to die. Um, so it reassures me to have life insurance. I care. Some people want to bounce a check the day they die. Some people don't care passing on ch- uh, money to their children because I never saw the Sphinx. Therefore, my kids never see the Sphinx. I'm fine with that. I didn't go to college. My kids don't need to go to college. I'm a different type of parent. I want the best for my kids, and I understand that I'm spoiling them on some levels. Or I'm setting up a safety net just in case America doesn't set up the safety net for them. Or if they try hard, they get ahead. So to me, life insurance is super important. Um, it protects my ability to earn income if I get hit by a bus. I'm healthy enough. I should probably last till 60. By 60, I should probably have enough invested and saved that my kids don't need life insurance or my spouse doesn't need life insurance at age 61. Because if I die, hopefully I've accumulated enough assets at that point. Life insurance isn't a, a, a golden ticket. Life insurance isn't a home run ticket for your family. Life insurance isn't giving your kids everything that they ever wanted. It replaces your income. It doesn't replace you. Love your children while you're alive. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Always have seminars coming up. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. There's some great downloads there right now, right here. And you can learn all about investing in income and retirement and Warren Buffett quotes. Plus, you can sign up for a seminar by going to the events page. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. This is Cage the Elephant. Do me a favor today. Go support Google and go to YouTube. And type in Cage the Elephant. I love this song. It was one of the best songs of 2019, in my opinion. And finally, Cage the Elephant broke out. This is called, I think it's called I'll Be in the Back Room. No, it's called Social Cues. Lead singer's tr- Social Cues, that's what I said. Um, <clears throat> check out Band, an American rock band from Kentucky. Formed in 2006. Uh-oh, I'm looking at the calendar. It's 2020. How does it take a band that long to have a hit song that Rob Black's talking about, right? They've had hit songs before, but they're alternative. So they're much, 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 much lower as far as what we know. 2015, they had come a little closer. Thank you, happy birthday. Uh, they've been around for a long, long time, but they, it looks like they're an overnight one hit. They're not. Anyhow, um, check them out. Cage the Elephant. I think they've got good music ahead of them, and I prefer seeing bands like that because you can see a show with 400 people to 3,000 people and not 30,000 people. I don't get paying so much money to see an arena show. Eh, if it's a once-in-a-lifetime, like I once got to see you two. A fantastic story. I always wanted to see you two. I was on to you two back four to five years before you ever even knew of them. I knew them as a college band back when alternative music was known as college music, but I was in high school. So I was kind of cool. I was kind of hip. And, uh, I never went to a show never went to a show, never went to a show. And then finally I get tickets to go to a show. They're coming to a big arena. 
the Capitol Center or something like that. MCI building. One of those. It's it's a building with a name on it, right? So I grab four tickets because hell, I figure if I give sell them to friends, I'm cool. If I take a girlfriend and uh, sell the other two, and that pays for the night, cool. <laughs> so I grabbed four tickets, and then I kind of figured out where they were. They were the best four tickets. They just went on sale one minute ago. I'm on it. They were in the back row at the very, very top. Uh, no bueno. No bueno. Very, very bad. Big waste of money. But um, I have wasted money on concerts, but also I max up my 401k first. I pay all my bills first. I make sure that I'm, I don't have credit card debt hanging over me or student debt hanging over me. Uh, but I do. So 2019 was a big year for Cage the Elephant, but 2019 was also a big year for oil. Oil surged 35% in 2019. And at the end of 2019, something very interesting happened. One of the biggest companies in the world, Saudi Aramco, went public. What does Saudi Aramco have? They got oil. They got a distribution network. And they got more oil and a distribution network. As the United States economy continues to move forward, that should support oil prices and maybe even move them higher because Saudi Aramco just came public. And now there's a reason for Saudi officials to manipulate the price of oil. Instead of just getting the American dollars, they can get the American dollars for our economy moving with cheap oil or Saudi officials can get more money in the royal family um, by moving the stock price higher. And if you say, "Uh uh-oh, we uh, are cutting production uh, we have a problem. So instead of going from 1.7 million barrels a day down to 1.6 million barrels a day, they pump that much oil a day. Um, that's pretty crazy. By limiting supply and seeing a little bit of incremental demand out of the United States, as long as China doesn't fall off a cliff and Euro hangs in there, oil should have a good year this year. And maybe the oil stocks will have a good year because the oil stocks really didn't outperform in 2019, even though oil prices were up 35%. Again, I'm just trying to give you ideas. I'm not telling you to do anything. I don't know you. I don't know your level of risk. And it always shocks me. Sometimes people come up to me and, like, and say, you know, 14 years ago I bought Apple because you said so. I'm like, I don't know if I said so. I do a show where I talk about investing, and Apple's an easy one to talk about. I do own it. But it's an easy one to talk about because a lot of people know it. it. A lot of people are 50 or 60, scratching their head probably when I talk about video games. Even though Fortnite is setting themselves up to be a super play on augmented reality with Epic Games and Tencent, um, I talk about video games, and people 50 or 60 are probably going, like, why is this old man talking about video games? Hasn't he got kids or something? I do. Um, so that's out there. I talk about areas that are working. Healthcare, finance, tech, those are my three favorite sectors. These are three of my favorite things. And if I had to pick one, it'd probably be tech because of the generation that I am. But I, that doesn't mean no disrespect to the other players. I tend not to do a lot in uh, utilities. CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, is a wealth investor. He 
protects it. He may go after a utility quicker than I do because utilities, once we're meant for orphans and widows, because everyone has to have electricity, new houses are made every year, there's going to be growth, they tend not to drop prices. So it used to be great, and then California got into wildfires, and it really showed us, like, um, there's a lot of liability in these companies. Not all of them, but some of them. Duke Energy's got some nuclear power plants. They're an East Coast power provider. Con Edison has exposure to an area that's getting colder and colder. Maybe Con Edison would be my utility play versus PG&E versus others. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. Consult worker advisor before taking any action. I, and I'm not speaking for CFP Chadbert in any way. But a Con Edison, you take out the wildfire risk the East Coast doesn't have compared to the West Coast. And the income is going to be a lot lower. But it's still going to be income that's pretty consistent. Again, things change. Regulation happens. A nuclear core can melt. I'm not saying I've seen it, but there's things that I've seen that really shake my confidence in confidence. Um, like I said one time, I've said it a million times, don't exaggerate. But you can really shake your confidence by being in something that goes bad. So try not to do it. <laughs> try not to get into a situation when you're in over your head. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, I'm up for it. Let's do this. Um, Entertainment-wise, Disney pulled in over 30% of box office receipts in 2019. You know the winners. But they also had some losers. They had seven films make $1 billion. But they also had, unfortunately for them, Dark Phoenix. Um, not all superhero movies go up. Dark Phoenix was a big money loser. Probably lost the tune of 150 to $170 million. It's worthy of note, again, just to say that they don't. everything they touch doesn't go to gold. But uh, still one of my favorite long-term stocks. But two of my favorite, three of my favorite long-term stocks um, that I own, Nike, I'll even throw in Visa, four. Nike, Visa, Apple. Um, I'm not expecting them to have as good of a 2020 as they had of a 2019. Will I be pleased if it happens? Absolutely. I'm not a dummy. Um, I'm also looking for other exciting areas and reasons to potentially see some upgrades. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. One of the big themes of 2018, 2019, and probably 2020 is you're going to see more people leave the Bay Area, more people leave high-cost areas looking for housing. It's not just the Bay Area. It's L.A. and Chicago and New York and Washington. And then you start getting to the mid-tier cities that used to be mid-tier. Some of them are out of reach. Seattle used to be a mid-tier size city, but Amazon and Microsoft changed that as far as housing goes. Austin used to be a mid-sized city, but the costs are getting more and more expensive. You could still squeeze in, but it's getting more and more expensive. So one of the things I would look for is not the top 10 markets, but maybe markets 10 through 30. If you're interested in like areas that are booming versus areas that are dwindling, California's is at a crossroad. We've got $3 trillion economy with record low unemployment, a surplus of well-paying jobs, 
a plethora of well-paying jobs. Several of the world's most valuable corporations, we have Apple, we have Google, we have Facebook. I own a home right smack in between. It's like almost you can make a devil's pentagram of where I live. If you cross-sector reference the, the data points between Apple, Google, and Vector, and Facebook, I have a house right in between them. And because of that, it's done very, very well. Median household income has grown 17% since 2011 compared to 10% nationally. People can afford more home here. No, people could afford, yeah, yeah, but they may not be able to afford the home here. Corporations like Charles Schwab's are moving their headquarters out of the Bay Area. Oracle announced that it would no longer stage its annual software conference in San Francisco because of its dirty streets. Shining an example or third world state. So if anything happens to those big three companies or if more companies start leaving the area, it's trouble. California is the most expensive state with a median home value of $550,000. That's about double that of the nation. So looking to get ahead, look for a mid-sized market. Looking to play the game, get into a big market. Very, very difficult for me to tell you what to do. Soderberg Advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up. Learn more at newfocusfinancial.com and use code RADIO25 to get in. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So, as the year turned, we looked back at 2019. It was a great year for the stock market. For the year, the S P 500 up over 28%. Amazing. NASDAQ, 34 35%. Russell, 23%. Large cap stocks did well. Small cap stocks did well. Mid cap stocks did well. They all went up. If you're not up 20% this year of your wealth, then you're doing something wrong with your investing. Maybe you're getting older and you're trying to be conservative. Maybe you're getting older and trying to take less risk. Cyclical sectors, counter-cyclical sectors, they all went up. Growth stocks went up. Value stocks went up. No reason to him and haw when there's a bad day. It was a good year. If there's anything to worry about, it's next year. Wall Street's discounting mechanism, in theory, it looks six months out. So Wall Street, say January 1, 2020, it's thinking June or July. What's going on in the world? And when March rolls around, then it's starting to think October November. Who's going to get elected? Um, Wall Street's a discounting mechanism six months in the future. They say the bond market works in real time. The bond market's smart. The stock market is a discount mechanism. So 2019 was a great year, and there's no way you're going to beat me up and tell me otherwise. 2018 at the end of the year, if I had predicted those numbers, you would have called me crazy. So every year you should make resolutions to get physically healthier, maybe mentally healthier, and fiscally healthier. So the top 10 financial New Year's resolutions for 2020. Number 10, sign up for credit monitoring service. That's not for me. I've got credit karma and it tells me when someone opened it. Snap. And it tells me if someone opens credit line, I'm on it. If someone steals my identity, check your credit report more often. If you only checked it once last year, check it twice this year. 
Go to annualcreditreport.com and you can get one from um, all three credit bureaus. So you can get one six months apart or four months apart and you get three. You get the idea. Know something about your credit score. Just, just get an idea. It's with you your whole life like your shadow. You can't shake it. Number eight on the New Year's uh, resolutions on financial resolutions. Um, check your credit score more often. I got that one. Check your credit report more often, huh? Oh, credit report and credit score. Got it. Yeah. So one of the things I like to do is I do like to look at my credit score, and you can do that with gettingcreditkarma.com, and it's an app that goes on your phone, and it's cute. If I go from 805 to like 755 on a credit score, I go, oh, what happened? Maybe my balances went up. Maybe I should start. Maybe it's telling me something. Number six. Number seven on the list of top 10 financial news resolutions. Don't open more credit cards. Number six, pay your full credit card balance each month. Number five, pay your credit card debt on time. Isn't it interesting? Most people's financials and New Year's resolutions are tied towards credit cards and credit scores. Number four, pay off credit card entirely. Number three on 10 financial New Year's resolutions, create a personal budget. I would rather you take my wisdom teeth out with no Novocaine and then put them back in. I, I, I don't want to do a budget. I hate it. It's painful. It's it's not fun. It's not sexy. I'd rather go to a 49ers game. I'd rather drink a beer with a friend. I'd rather, like, mm. Budgets are boring, but you kind of need to know what's coming in and what's going out. And there's a lot of good apps out there. I know LearnVest has one. Um, eMoney, if you use a professional relationship. Um, Mint, M-I-N-T, is an app on personal budgets. You can probably Google personal budget apps. It's important that you know what you're spending on. And at the end of the holiday seasons, add up everything you spent, and next year try to do less. You have to have a budget that kind of makes sense and works with you. Number two on top 10 financial news resolutions, improve your credit score. Everything's about credit scores. And again, sometimes that's like by going to credit card, but there's a, a recommendation there that says, how, what's, what, how can you make your credit score better? And the top financial New Year's resolution, save more. That's by 49% of Americans. Now, save more is the top resolution because people want more money for retirement. That's what the show is all about. You can increase your 401k contribution. If you're at 5%, go to 6 or 7% this year. You can set up automatic transfers to a high-yield savings account and cut back on unnecessary spending. I like concerts and high-quality food. That's my big spends. Um, I know that. Do you know what your big spends are? Um, you can use your credit card to your advantage if you want to save more money. Best credit cards offer rewards, cash back. The city double cash. Anything that you spend and you're getting double cash back, throw it into a savings account. Um, I use the Acorns app because there was enough of you listeners who asked me to give my opinion on it. And in 2019, I saved over $5,000 in maybe eight or nine months. And that was easy. $5,000 was easy. How was it easy? Well, when I signed up, I did credit roundups. And what Credit Karma does is they take a little bit of money to grow it into an acorn, to grow it into an oak tree, right? A little teeny tiny thing could become something positive and powerful. So if you have a credit card charge for $14.11, they'll take $0.89 cents and make it $15. you will never notice it. It's pennies. 
and they'll invest it for you. And then suddenly at the end of the year, you may have an extra $5,000. You may have $2,000. You may have $1,000. Whatever you have will be appropriate for you. Don't spend it. It's not free money. It's not a lottery ticket. It's part of your retirement plan. It's subsidizing what you can't do with your 401k and what Social Security is not going to do to cover you. So this is top 10 resolutions here. Sign up for credit monitoring service. Check your credit report more often. Check your credit score more often. Don't open more credit cards. Pay your credit card balance each month. Pay your credit card debt on time. Pay off a credit card entirely. Create a personal budget. Improve your credit score. Save more. I'm Rob Black. Happy 2020.